This discussion is brought to you by the Soul City Institute in partnership with the Pig Entertainment in Kenya. Now, the Soul City Institute celebrates Mandela Day by hosting, or the celebrated, I should say, Mandela Day, by hosting a webinar with some of South Africa's key influences to reignite hope and patriotism in South Africans. And uh, with everything that has been happening in our country, we need uh, to keep South Africans committed to a South Africa that we dreamt of at the dawn of democracy. Yes, uh, even though despondency might seem as the one thing that we must pick up, least of all after the chat that we just had with Lukanyo Kalata, uh, it's not a strategy. And, uh, you know, we've got to be able to at least have what some call the optimism of the will, uh, that uh, we can indeed uh, become the society that we wanted to be, even above what we thought we, it would be at the dawn of democracy. Because some of that is also a slightly, slightly problematic, the very naive construction of the nation state. But uh, story for another day. To tell us a bit more about uh, the hashtag Let Freedom Reign and She Matters campaign, joined by Fina Kodisang, CEO at the Soul City Institute. Good evening and welcome. Good evening and thank you for having us. Good Janma. You're right, Wena. I'm well, thank you. Thank you very much uh, for taking time out uh, to join us. A lot of us know Soul City. I can tell you now, I'm part of the generation that used to read the pamphlets uh, that educated us on so many things uh, in the uh, 90s. But uh, you've certainly pivoted somewhat as an entity since then uh, to uh, run campaigns much similar to this one uh, that uh, you've been running for Mandela Month. Uh, Talk to us about this campaign and I guess, uh, yeah, the um, new terrain that uh, Soul City has taken on uh, of, uh, I guess, policy advocacy and many other activities. Yeah, um, thank you, thank you. So we, we're still doing a lot of behavior change communication, but right now our focus as an organization is that of intersectional feminism. We are centering our work around advocating for issues of uh, women, children, but from a feminist lens and an intersectional feminist lens where we know that the exploitation, the subjugation of women transcends their race, their gender, their areas where they live in, their socioeconomic status. So they they intersect, you know, at different points. And that's how we find women being the most marginalized, the most, um, the ones that live mostly in poverty, the face of gender-based violence, Mm. and especially black women. So as, as an institute, our focus is to bring issues to light and to advocate that we change policies, we change the law, to hold those in power accountable for their failure to make our freedom as women, you know, um, human rights uh, as women, to enjoy those rights a priority for government mm. today. Now, now, the Institute had uh, discussions over the last uh, few days or so uh, in a webinar. And uh, maybe t- tell us just briefly, I guess, uh, around how the webinar contributed to those objectives of trying to hold, you know, those who exercise power to account, but to hold them to account uh, to an intersectional understanding of the problems that we have. And also, I guess one would argue, a very gender sensitive response to that. So... You know, the conversation uh, was necessitated also by vision. Sure. We note that we live in a very patriarchal society mm. that still gives men, you know, power over women. So when we advocate, we advocate from, if you call it a biased position, sure. it is biased because we see that women are still lagging behind. 
and for them to catch up to where men are, we need to make sure that our programs focus mm. mainly on women uh, uh, sure. as the beneficiary. Okay. Mefina, hold the line there for me for a second. Uh, we're going to take a quick spot break. When we come back, I want us to uh, find out, uh, you know, how uh, members of the public can get involved, how their organizations can get involved uh, in this very important campaign. And we'll continue after this. It is indeed, and eight minutes it is now before 9 p.m. I'm in conversation with the Soul City Institute CEO, uh, Fina Kodisang, and uh, we're speaking about uh, the campaign uh, to make sure that we rededicate ourselves to the optimism of the will that uh, was seen in the 90s, uh, of uh, trying to really build a new society and uh, to do so in a way that uh, entrenches the rights of all, uh, in particular, of course, uh, those who are on the receiving end of uh, the horrific scenes of gender-based violence that we've seen and uh, many of the other, uh, I guess, uh, you know, uh, anti-woman interventions that we continue to see, be it uh, systematically or even, I guess, at the uh, individual household and even at a firm level. Now, Mevin, I'm quite interested, uh, having explained the campaign that you have, um, what, um, you know, uh, I guess, what role other organizations can play alongside yourselves and how do the people who are listening to this conversation, get involved uh, in supporting the campaign and uh, some of the work that you're doing? Organizations, I think, you know, I have seen that a lot of organizations, civil society has been organized, organizing around rebuilding South Africa. And what we want is not to rebuild on top of the ruins that we were building our democracy on. Because what we did when democracy came was we just put a plaster over the trauma, the issues that were there, especially for black communities, because spatial arrangements remained the same. So mm. when we were removed from, you know, near the cities to your Soweto's, your, your locations, they, that did not factor the fact that for us to get to the jobs, you know, for our economic empowerment, mm. we would need to uh, transport. And if you see, an average person sometimes gets on three to four taxis just to get to work from where they that's, live. That's so that creates an even bigger gap, mm. an even bigger gap between those that, you know, are more in the middle and those who are in the periphery, like um, the marginalized. You can ask mm. that question that you are asking. No, 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 I wasn't asking. I was just uh, further adding to what you were saying. I mean, uh, suggesting that that's the spatial apartheid that we continue to live with. Yes. So we don't want to rebuild in the same manner where we just say, let's rebuild South Africa. Let's mm. come together. Let's, let's have peace. We need to acknowledge that we, our, economies, um, our economy needs to recover. But as it recovers, it needs to factor mm. those who were excluded. Sure. They must now be included. You know, we must dismantle, as someone was saying uh, in our discussion, we need to dismantle the toxic uh, economic economies that exist, you know, that are based on neocolonialism, mm. where you still have those that have resources taking even from the ones that have nothing. Ish. You know, so we need to make sure that we're not going back to that pattern that we started with because mm. it will not... It will not do us any any favor. We will find ourselves back here yeah, again yeah. in the next 10 years if we continue on that trajectory. Asfina, we're going to have to leave it here this evening, but really uh, appreciate you could take time out to speak to us this evening and uh, the great work that uh, the Soul City Institute continues to do. 
Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That there was uh, Fina Korisang, uh, CEO at uh, the Seoul City Institute. Uh, in a discussion there, of course, uh, brought to you by the Seoul City Institute in partnership with the Peg Entertainment out in Kenya. We're going to take a brief break now. When we come back, it's not going to